0: You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeusoft.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Corley, and joining me this week is Gavin Phillips. But in a change to the scheduled programming he isn't in the usual place he's actually live he's at the e for tech show in berlin hang on let's do this <laughs> oh that's enough of that anyhow so um we've been trying to fix something up like this for a while because you get to go to these shows quite regularly well compared to me you do
1: yeah that's for sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, i've wanted to get you on the line whilst you're at one of these shows uh in the past we haven't been able to work it work out but it's happening now so EVA is sort of the like the, the the alternative to ces isn't
1: it well for many people as well christian it's actually a better alternative than ces right. uh and in terms of raw numbers has had larger numbers of uh visitors for the last few years so despite the scale of ces that's the consumer electronic show held in las vegas yeah, the numbers are larger, although it's a smaller footprint of, of the show. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you pack a lot in, that's for sure.
0: So um, this week's really useful podcast is um, we're going to have a chat with Gavin, first of all, about EFA, and then later on in the show, pre-recorded content. I mean, I've never been to one of these shows. The newest thing I've been to one of these is probably a, a press launch for something. I haven't been to a show like this. Uh, so I'm very interested to find out what goes on at these places. The, the thing that s- strikes me is that it hasn't actually started yet, has it? Yet you've been there for a few days. So what's that all about?
1: The show itself officially opens to the public on Friday, uh, the Friday just gone. Right. Um, Then at the weekend, you get a lot of people from the public. And then the final... Two days, uh, there's a lot of, um, I guess like trade dignitaries, you know, people doing business on the show floor. The very first two days of the show itself before the public arrive are what's known as press days where they allow Mm -hmm. um, folks like myself to go in and have a bit of a nose around and a poke around and see what we like and um, get to know people on the show floor. Uh, however, as uh, the Make Use of team will have seen during the week, I've been sending back pictures of the very first um, uh, press day that was here. And basically, most of the show was not put together at all. <laughs> um, so we were wandering through the halls of uh, of the giant building that it's, uh, IFA is hosted in, called the Messe Berlin. Um, and there's no carpets, there's contractors absolutely everywhere. Uh, And it generally was uh, somewhat chaotic, but uh, an entertaining start to the week anyway.
0: That's not a word you usually associate with Germany, is it? It's usually efficient, not chaotic.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So part of the issues uh, EFA has been experiencing this year is that uh, the whole management team changed uh, two months ago. So it's a completely new team. Uh, They are a team that have experience with doing major trade shows. It wasn't like they just went out and got any old Tom, Dick or Harry from the streets, but it was, uh, a, you know, a, a last minute change around. So they've had to do a lot of catching up to speed. So, um, but that said, you know, Friday morning, the carpets were all laid, the whole place looked pristine. I imagine a lot of people had to pull all nighters, but it was yeah. back to being the ether that we've, uh, we've all known and love and have been to before.
0: So you're over there in Germany. Uh, you're at this event, IFA.
1: What what are you
0: actually doing there? What takes place? What do you see?
1: So that's quite interesting, actually. So as you can imagine, with like any major exhibition of this scale, it's broken down into different rooms. So you have a room with gaming hardware, for instance. You have a room with uh, health-related wearables, smartwatches, that sort of thing. So you basically, you're going around and finding the best tech that's going to be either launched at the show or for us, it's tech that's going to be launched in the next sort of few months because that's the coverage we are looking for and we want to, we want to see the best of what's to come, don't we? And That's what we yeah. like to talk about in tech. Um, there's also the major names like the really big brands might go an extra step and hire out an entire hall for themselves so for example uh samsung are here at IFA 2023 right. uh, and they hire out a building that's on the Messe berlin site but it's called the city cube um, and it's enormous but they hire out almost all of it for themselves because they've got all of their stuff another example would be the uh, company tcl who have hired out an enormous haul with all their TVs, uh, new smart technologies, gaming monitors, home appliances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But because of the size of it, um, there's a massive, massive variety in technology that's here, as you can imagine. So like I said, you might have gaming hardware and wearables, but there's people that have come to find out about the latest uh fridges for example um you know there's lots of like robotics and ai stuff here i saw the bbc click team um interviewing a robot uh that managed to talk as if it was a real person i mean it was a slightly broken but it was like really quite impressive so you see like a massive range of um upcoming technology that you probably wouldn't see elsewhere
0: that's their jobs in jeopardy
1: (laughs) Have you
0: seen anything you particularly like the look of that you can talk about?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, one of the, my, the one of the best things uh, I've seen, and you you'll see this on quite a lot of the um, EFA best of lists from around the internet, and and, and indeed it's on Make Use Of, is the Lenovo Legion Go. Now this is a new handheld uh, gaming device. It looks sort of similar in many ways to a nintendo switch it's uh, larger in size the um, shoulder pads and triggers and what have you come off they slide up and down uh it runs windows 11 it's got some really powerful amd hardware in it um it's relatively lightweight considering the size of it uh the screen uh, i think is an 8.8 inch oled so it looks sublime um and yeah, so and and it's really going to be like a direct competitor to the Steam Dock, uh, Steam Deck, sorry, uh, the uh, the Asus ROG Ally was the other one, and dare I say, it, it probably will go up against the Nintendo Switch as well. I'm just
0: uh, looking. So at- what was
1: Karen?
0: I was just going to say, I'm just looking at images of that, and I noticed because uh, I reviewed uh, one of these devices for you days ago uh, a few weeks ago the gpd win 4 and one of the main problems i found with it was it was really uncomfortable to use compared with the steam deck one of the things i thought might be the reason for that is because of the grip shape on the steam deck i noticed the lenovo legion Go's got similar shaped grips
1: yeah i found it i mean we had um a half an hour or so preview with this Mm -hmm. and i found it like quite comfortable to use Uh, i don't have particularly big hands so that i mean that always plays into it when you talk about these things obviously Yeah,
0: yeah
1: um what was really interesting about the uh lenovo legion go was that you can take the right side controller and place it into a holder that comes in the case and so for example if you were using the the legion go to play a first person shooter for example you can turn yeah. that controller into a mouse with a right. trigger so more like a like a mouse come joystick basically Ooh. and you can move it around and f- like fire as you would with like you know like a regular joystick so so that was really really cool
0: that's interesting and lenovo have got the i mean i suppose asus do as well but they both they both have the opportunity to produce these at scale, don't they? Whereas maybe um, GPD don't?
1: Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, I think they're going to go they're going to push this quite hard from now and into the coming year. Uh, It's going to be like $800. So I think it's pretty reasonably priced considering some of the other options on the market. It's obviously slightly more than the top tier of the steam deck if off the top of my head i can't remember yeah. how much the ROG Ally is but it is it is very competitive and given the range of games that you'll be able to use with a device like this um you know and the other applications it has because it it runs a full windows 11 operating system so you can use it for loads of other stuff as well uh it will do well i think
0: so what else have you seen have you seen anything more domestic more more, more car related anything like that
1: yeah, we've seen quite a range of stuff. So like, for example, we saw some, uh, you know, on, on one scale, we saw some yeelight light smart lighting options, which are always nice, like cute little lighting blocks that you can put on your desk and all this sort of stuff. That's lovely. And then at the other end of the scale, uh, we sat in an extremely high end BMW five yeah. series and the company TiVo, if you remember them. Um, they're now licensed and run by another company called, um, Xperi. And so they showed us their new TiVo integration on the dashboard of a BMW. And it's on a big wide screen that sits in the center of the car. It loads up and you can start playing all TiVo, uh, linked to, you know, your Netflix account, prime, etc. That sounds uh, safe. Yo, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of like, really, really lovely looking TVs and stuff here as well. Gaming monitors, uh, we saw some nice TCL gaming monitors that haven't been released yet, but they look sublime. Um, I think one of the things I always notice when I come to these trade shows is the first day you are, you're wowed (laughs) and, uh, you're, you're going in with open eyes and you're very excited. And by the final days, you're sort of like, ah, I've seen a million TVs now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's like me and curries.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so we've obviously got a few articles on the website that we will link to in the show notes that relate to the EFA event. You've you've got a few more days there, is that right?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've got today, which we're talking on Monday. Uh, but tomorrow, fly back home. Wednesday.
0: Would you say that the um, Lenovo Legion goes the most interesting thing you've seen so far
1: in terms of? Being something that someone could actually go and get and use like instantly. I mean, it's not released yet, but when it does, it's like there's a lot of stuff here that's like, wow, that's cool. But you know, is that practical? Or when's that going to yeah, be yeah. released? Or you know, I say, okay, for example, um, Honor, the smartphone manufacturer, I uh, hear, and they've brought out a new um, folding phone, the Magic V2, which looks sublime. It looks like really good, like a great experience using it. It, it snaps flat really well the technology works really well and all this sort of stuff but they also brought with them uh something that nobody was really expecting which was the uh honor fold purse or the honor v purse sorry which is a folding phone designed to look like a piece of fashion wear basically a very high-end snazzy purse that folds into. it's not an anti-theft
0: device is it
1: no, oh, no it's like it's uh it has tassels you can attach like uh different types of um carry things on it and all sorts uh, uh and it's called uh, like a fidgetal fidgetal like the phy from physical with digital right um yes so that's been one of those ones that are like yes that's interesting but what <laughs> So, um, yeah, it shouldn't be long before we start uh, seeing that on the streets, maybe. (laughs) Maybe not where I live, (laughs) (laughs) mind.
0: Okay, Gavin Phillips, uh, live from IFA in Berlin. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us on this week's Really Useful Podcast. AI. Is a topic we uh, return to almost every week on the Really Useful Podcast because it's you know it's a big thing and a lot of people are using it more and more in different ways. Um, it tends to be something you use on a PC, but there are plenty of AI apps for your phone, aren't there?
1: There's a lot of AI apps out there now. Uh, they vary in uh, what they can do as well. So the ones you primarily think of, I guess, are ChatGPT because that's the one everybody talks about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but there's quite a few other ones out there as well so we'll start with chat GPT uh, that's the chat bot you ask it a question it gives you the answer basically um, it is not 100% accurate all of the time you should always take what it says with a pinch of salt in case it has hallucinated um, <coughs> and for those that don't know what that is AI hallucination is where uh, like an AI tool will give you an extremely confident answer only for it to be complete gibberish um, and these AI tools uh, are known for doing that. Uh, another one you can look at is Wombo Dream which is an AI art generator tool that creates images from text prompts. It's a little bit like tools like Midjourney or Dali. Uh, you put a prompt in and it creates like an image. Um, you might also know Wombo from their face swap. App where you oh. could upload a video of your, a picture of your face, and then it would put it to uh, music. Um, and it would make your mouth move and your head move and what have you. So Wombo were the people behind that as well. Uh, Upa is a mental health chat bot that uses cognitive behavioral therapy techniques to help, and I quote, help you calm anxiety, improve your relationships, be more productive and improve your mood. Uh, that is a good combination of things to do in life. Um, yeah. It's uh, an app that has lots of different uh, settings and things to toggle. You talk to it as you go through your week and update it um and it generally helps you through your time uh number four we have replica which is an ai chatbot companion uh designed for anyone that wants a friend with no judgment drama or social anxiety um I find these apps a little bit weird uh, christian these mm. um ai chatbot companion ones this is not the only one replica is just one of many uh but they bring up like a, an avatar that responds to you you chat to it uh you can confide in it and all of this sort of stuff um the main issues i have with them is that i don't think it actually helps uh, social anxiety it could maybe make you more isolated and yeah. a lot of a lot of privacy issues going on with apps like this if you're confiding in an app like replica without reading the terms and conditions about where that data is going you might run into problems later down the line especially if you're talking about um personal issues uh, and and more shall we say yeah um, the fifth one on the list, Be My Eyes, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it's a global community of volunteers that help blind and the visually impaired to perform everyday tasks. So you put what you want to do into it and it can bring up information um, and tips and guides on how you can do that if you are visually impaired. And see, from the replica one to this, uh, Be My Eyes, I think that's a really good use of yeah. uh, AI technology, helping people do things they might not necessarily be able to do. Um, Number six, we've got Bing, which is similar to ChatGPT. Ask a question, you get an answer. Uh, And rounding up the list, we have Elsa at 7, which is an English learning app, which I guess is similar to Duolingo. It offers personalized English. Tutoring lessons, customized lessons, feedback. Uh, you can set it for different periods of time during the day. And finally, Otter, and this is one I've used quite a bit actually. Okay. When I was uh, unable to work for a period last year, but I still wanted to write and still needed to write and get thoughts down, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but I couldn't because I had no arm. <laughs> uh, I used the Otter app as an AI-powered voice transcription tool and you talk to it it transcribes it and then you can export it into um, another program which is really really useful Um, it's got better over the last year as well so when I was using it it would struggle with punctuation unless you were speaking quite clearly and leaving a significant pause at the end of a sentence otherwise your sentence would like flow on into the next one it was also not very good at figuring out where commas and things should go but over the last year it's really improved and it's now much better at inserting those into your speech so yeah that's that's the top eight ai apps you can use right now
0: excellent that's quite a collection i have come across replica before i've seen um, reviews about that and uh, articles about that elsewhere it does seem a little bit kind of a bit like having a sim in your pocket
1: yeah, it's, it's kind of strange, isn't it? There's a lot of strange trends going on around these sort of um, chatbot companion apps. And I guess if people are lonely and it does fill a void, then sure, it's worth it. But it kind of, it's veering towards a bit uh, Black Mirror-esque yeah. <laughs> vibe for me, where you're talking to an AI to the detriment of your personal and, uh, you know, real world relationships for want of a better phrase
0: yeah it's not something i would uh spend any time doing when was last time you dropped a phone
1: you know what christian what (laughs) it's funny you say that (laughs) because the reason i uh i wrote the upcoming article we're about to discuss is because i was testing the new nothing phone 2 which uh we spoke about last week and during my review phase I uh, I butterfingered the brand new $800 phone onto the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely spot on. (laughs) Did you did you smash it? Thankfully, it wasn't smashed. There was a big (sighs) there was a gouge on the screen, though. Right. um, And another big scratch um this is the first time this has ever happened to me whilst reviewing a smartphone yeah and i contacted the pr firm well it wasn't even a firm it was nothing themselves and said i've done this what can i do about it and they just messaged back and said oh you know we'll get to it on monday uh during which time i messaged some other journalist friends and said has anyone got this phone does it have a smartphone cover on it uh a screen cover To which one of them replied, yeah, just peel it off. (laughs) So I spent the whole weekend worrying that I'd broken this phone only for someone to say, just peel the screen cover off, mate, don't worry about it. So uh, that was frustrating. But that shows and illustrates perfectly the reasons you should put a screen protector on your smartphone. Because if you've spent hundreds of dollars on a smartphone, why not spend a few more to protect the phone from any uh, issues, accidental or not, you may have with it. So the reasons you should do it is because it delivers drop and impact protection. Uh, You get scratch protection. It can reduce eye strains. Some protectors come with um, an anti-reflective or UV or blue light filtering um, screen protecting properties. Uh, It prevents dirt accumulation, which is always useful. Um, Some of the screen protectors have privacy uh, filtering built into it. So you can only see the screen from one angle. So if someone's trying to side glance you, they won't be able to see. You can only see it when you're looking at from the front. It keeps your phone in pristine condition Um, if you're like me you do try and keep your phone in top-notch condition for the moment you go to upgrade you can sell your previous phone it serves as a mirror for those moments (laughs) where you get caught short. and the most important point is that screen protector is cheap you can spend five bucks for a decent one you can spend ten bucks maybe for a really good toughened tempered glass one um and there's just no reason not to have a screen protector it will save you so much pain that moment you drop your phone and it lands face down
0: you know what you've just reminded me that i have bloody hell what on earth such a big kit i have a screen protector for my steam deck which i've never used
1: Well, that must be massive, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's three of them as well. Um, So you just reminded me, I should probably get that sorted out as it's becoming a more and more popular piece of kit in our house as uh, various games aren't released on Xbox.
1: Ah, okay. I always found that. So we have uh, a nine-inch Huawei tablet that we bought, I don't know, six, seven years ago uh and the case and the screen protector are bashed but underneath the actual tablet is still in really good condition and you know it's not going to get sold on again at this point but it does mean that the tablet's going to keep going probably for another good few years despite it now being you know relatively old do do people
0: still use film protectors i didn't know they were still a thing
1: i don't see them very much these days but i think they are still in use maybe in a pinch i would never advise to use one no. they are thinner more flexible and cheaper but they don't offer anywhere near the protection of a tempered glass screen protector
0: no. i mean the best they can do really is hold your phone together if should you drop it
1: yeah basically it's just more like yeah it's glue until you get to peel it off and look at how many shards you've got
0: how many pieces your phone is in? Yeah.
1: Yeah. God. <laughs>
0: right now, listen. Um, I'm going to have to uh, rely on Gavin for this next one as well. Um, I have been getting a lot of messages on Twitter, adverts on Twitter and Facebook. I don't know why Facebooks. I've never had, uh, I never expressed any interest on uh, crypto on Facebook. But uh, anyhow, adverts about trading bots, and I've seen YouTube videos about trading bots as well, and strange kind of. Um, financial tricks that you can do them. They're apparently quite legal because they they do the same thing with the um, you, you know real trading and shares and whatever. Um, and uh, our colleague Katie Reese uh, published an article: Can you trust AI crypto trading bots? Now, my opinion of this is: um, if someone's uh, sort of <laughs> jumping into your timeline trying to sell you something, it's probably not a good idea to uh, follow up on it. But I do notice that there's um, more and more crypto trading bots coming along. Um, some of them are um, programmable. Some of them are artificial intelligence-based. Gavin, what's going on here? Can you trust them? What
1: what do they do? Uh, so we'll start with the, the second question. What do they do? Um, and they're just effectively a, a small program, a piece of software that... Uh, analyzes the crypto market and buys and sells based upon whether it can make a profit. That could be a very small number of transactions creating a small amount of profit over and over again, or it might wait for a certain number to be reached and trade your your crypto at that number. But the, the idea is to automate crypto trading to make it more profitable and Take out some of the emotion um, and time investment required to trade crypto properly.
0: Okay. So AI comes into it where it presumably has, a, I mean, what does it I mean? Does it have better insight? Does it, does it look at what's happening already and then make a judgment based on that? And do you give it permission to do certain things?
1: Yeah, I think there's lots of different types of uh, trading bots, uh, AI trading bots as well, but they all involve the use of algorithms that um, gather information and basically learn from from what's happened um, and use that to predict the state of the market, basically giving you much faster reaction times without having to do quite as much research as you would have to do. Um, But a large part of it, like I said, is just to be more profitable faster. (laughs) The more time you spend um, looking at the AI trading bots, the more, I don't know, the more I read about them, the more I'm disinclined to think about using them. Um, Yeah. just, Just because where they could be extremely profitable on one hand, it just, it would worry me that if a wrong decision could be made and because you've automated the process, there's no way of, of stopping it, or you're maybe not even aware that it's made a bad trade or anything like that.
0: It, uh, yeah, it's, that's what I was thinking. So I got this um link, and um to, to, to a youtube video or it came up in a feed or something like that i started watching it number one it, i thought well that's quite interesting then number two i thought i don't understand what this guy's doing
1: <laughs>
0: and it, it got me to the point because this there's, there's there's a lot more to crypto trading than just buying you know buying some litecoin and then maybe selling some litecoin later on I, I've, I've used that as an example The first one that came to my mind is probably not one that you would make a beeline for if you were new to crypto trading at the moment but um Well, there's a lot more to it, isn't there? Now, there's there's, this whole sort of um, there's like these little loan things going on, and small benefits that are more suitable for people with a larger sort of uh, crypto portfolio, isn't
1: there? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of like really complex stuff that goes on. A lot, a lot of it that I I don't even can't even begin to understand some of it these days uh, within the decentralized finance space thank uh, you De- yeah defy yeah it's a lot of it is like lending one coin to a liquidity pool to get another coin out of it that you could then lend back to another one and this sort of stuff um for most people i think that's if you get really into crypto you're going to be looking at maybe trying to get yourself more out of it by doing things like that but for most people the best option aside from ai trading bots and all this sort of stuff is i think the best investment strategy not that we would ever advocate any trading strategy is um to just dollar cost average it's the best option for most people Um, And that's just you buy whatever you want to buy at a steady rate and you ignore market fluctuations at all times. And that's that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're trying to chase the highs and the lows, you're always going to fail at some point with all the people that rushed in to buy Bitcoin as it was on its way up towards $61,000 or whatever it was in the end. uh, A lot of people ended up buying at that sort of level and are still waiting for it to get back to that level. And whether that happens or not, it's anybody's guess.
0: Well, that brings us almost to the end of this week's Really Useful Podcast. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there's no recommendations this week, but then again, Gavin was at the E for Trade Show at the beginning, and he highlighted a new uh, handheld gaming system, Lenovo Legion Go. So that might be his recommendation this week. I don't have one. We'll be back to the uh, normal routine next week. As ever, everything that you've heard can be uh, referred to in the show notes. And if you have the opportunity to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that will help. And if it's a five-star review, we'll read it out. We'll be back for another really useful podcast next week. Until then, it is goodbye from us.